Hello, hello, hello. I'm Aaliyah and this is Netflix Coffee and Questioning Humanity. I am so excited about today's episode because it started off with me wanting to do my monthly hits and misses for March on Netflix. And then very organically, it kind of turned into me reading these insane reviews because I'm curious. And I know sort of at face value or ear value, I guess this would be, that doesn't sound all that interesting, but that's where you're wrong. This was so entertaining, at least for me. So I hope it's entertaining for you as well. It started off off with me taking a poll on my personal Instagram because I suck at keeping up with the NCQH Instagram and I really just wanted to reach more people to get more people's views especially people that are in my personal life so I took some of the shows and films that I'm going to be reading reviews for that I have strong feelings about and I asked very simply are we feeling this or are we not and I was actually very surprised with the responses I got I also want to kind of dip heavy into the questioning humanity side of this podcast. I usually keep that pretty light, but I've been so intrigued by this Lil Nas X situation with the Montero Call Me By Your Name. And if you've been living under a rock, Lil Nas X, the Old Town Road singer, came out with a song, which the song isn't the issue. Well, I don't think any of it's an issue, but it's more so the video that people have issue with, if I'm not mistaken. But we'll dive deeper into that. So we have a lot to talk about today. It'll be a really fun episode. And this should be going up really, really, really late. It is currently Easter Sunday. But by the time this goes live, it'll probably be Easter Monday for my Canadian listeners. Friendly reminder that this is an explicit podcast, which means I may discuss explicit content while most certainly using explicit language. So little ears, those easily offended, and my mom and dad may want to bow out. Now, on with the show. Guys, I am drinking Yes Coffee at 9.30 at night. And I'm doing this one solely for you. I am doing this for you. This coffee has no personal interest to me besides like just trolling with this flavor. My dad, he's adorable. He just picks me up random coffee that he sees that he thinks is interesting. He got me the Hostess Snack Snowball coffee that was absolutely fucking atrocious. And I told him, I'm like, dad, it was nasty. Like, what are you doing? And then he went out and he got me Twinkies K-Cup coffee. So not only is it Twinkies Hostess flavor, it's also in a fucking K-Cup, which I am now a K-Cup snob. I'm all about the French press and the percolator baby. But alas, here's where we find ourselves at 9.30 on Easter Sunday drinking a fucking K-cup of Twinkie coffee. So, you know, that's that's where we're at in 2021. And this is a live tasting. So I'm sorry if you hear clanking. I have not tried this. Hold on now. All I have in it is my Coffee Mate Italian sweet cream that I put in everything because that shit is the most addicting thing ever. Okay, right off the bat, it smells really good. It could just be my Italian cream. What if this is fucking good, guys? Oh my God. Oh, oh my God. No, we'll just, oh my God. What? Okay, hold, let me readjust here. That is so fucking nasty. Why? Why? Who would drink this? I can't even, like, I feel the acid reflux. I feel it lingering on the roof of my mouth. I feel it coating all the way down my throat. This is so bad. Oh my God. What am I going to do with all these K-cups? I now have 36 K-cups of Hostess snacks and I'm just going to have to get creative. Maybe I'll figure out like a craft or something to do with them. I normally will take a coffee that I've not enjoyed and just sort of mix it into a coffee I like, like very little by little. But this is, no, I can't, I can't do it. I can't do it with this. Let me try to paint you a very, very horrific picture of what this tastes like. You get that first whiff and you say to yourself, hey, Maybe this won't be so bad. Your lips quivering in fear and curiosity touch the rim of your coffee cup. The lukewarm swill reaches your lips and you know that you are in too deep. You can't turn back. Suddenly, the liquid reaches your taste buds. Your life flashes before your eyes and that panic of is this actually yesterday's old coffee that's been sitting on my desk hits your nervous system. But then 
quite rapidly you realize that no, this is the abysmal coffee you made 10 minutes ago. The flavor coats your mouth. You suddenly feel your Easter ham and Easter asparagus suddenly rise in your throat. And suddenly you are getting a smorgasbord of flavors that should not be there, as well as a bit of acid reflux. And then before you know it, sound effects are happening and it's all recorded and now everyone can hear your reaction to bad coffee. So yeah, I'm going to say this gets a hard zero out of 10. I'm going to dump it down the drain and try and figure out what sort of craft I can do with the coffee left in these K-cups. And I'll just drink my lemon seltzer instead and all will be well and we will talk about Lil Nas X. Where to begin? Let me start here. Lil Nas X is iconic. And I'm going to preface this by saying I'm a decently spiritual person. I don't personally take issue with religion of any kind. As long as you're not an asshole to anyone. As long as you're respectful, you can disagree. I may not believe in what you believe in. You may not believe in what I believe in. But at the end of the day, I never take offense if someone's like, oh, you know, praying for you or anything like that. So this is not an anti-Christian, anti-religion commentary. Not in the slightest. This is just me giving my honest commentary on the hypocrisy that I see in the situation. Let me say that where the majority of the hatred and offense is being taken is where Lil Nas X and myself is from, and that is America. And here in America, I find it very comical that grown ass men and women who really just tote their constitutional rights bullshit say this Montero song shouldn't exist, or the video shouldn't exist, I should say. And as someone whose father made her study the Constitution at a young age, I would just like to remind you of this excerpt. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people to peaceably assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. And so in layman's terms, Freedom of religion, baby. And contrary to most Christian beliefs, Satanism is a religion. There is a church of Satan. You don't have to like it, but it's a thing. This whole situation with the video reminds me of the church of Satan trying to get the Baphomet statue on Capitol grounds. Does anyone remember that? And they wanted this statue of Baphomet alongside the Ten Commandments statue. And this is on Capitol grounds. And the statue of Baphomet, it's not like it was anything crazy or that was offensive. It was just a goat man, if you're not familiar with Baphomet and like children around him. So if you're completely unfamiliar with satanic images or symbolism, you probably wouldn't find this offensive. It was argued by the Church of Satan that if you can have your Christian structure on state grounds where there's supposed to be a separation of church and state, any religion, including Satanism, can have their structure there as well. You can't bend the rules for one and not the other if that's your mindset. Does that make sense? Use it with any other religion. I use this as an example today to just sort of give no bias. What if you believed in the Church of Oranges and you want a statue of an orange on state grounds? You can't say that the orange is offensive, but the Ten Commandments aren't if you believe in the Constitution and you believe in freedom of religion. Just because you don't like oranges, that doesn't give you a right to change and bend the rules as you see fit. You can't say no to an orange statue and yes to an apple statue if there's not supposed to be any fucking fruit in the situation at all. So it's either you believe in your constitutional rights or you don't. You can't bend it to you believe in your constitutional rights when it services you and when it fits your Christian beliefs. That is actually the complete opposite of what it should be. And I can tell you that most Christians are not evil. They're not offended. They understand that this is a gay black man who has been told his entire life that because he chooses to love who he loves, that he is going to hell. So it's basically him creating his own art saying, fine, if you're telling me I'm going to hell, I'm going my way. I'm going down there and I'm going to give Satan a lap dance, which I completely forgot to explain to you what the video is. Very religious symbolism. He gives Satan a lap dance. I mean, he slides down a stripper pole to hell. I personally don't find it offensive. I thought it was iconic. I stream it every day because I know that he's getting a ton of backlash. Basically, I find it a 
bit hypocritical and I also saw a really funny meme you know the Drake one where he's saying nah to the Lil Nas X video but yeah being all about ACDC when they're both you know kind of portraying satanic imagery and also like what about Ozzy Osbourne he fucking chewed the head off a bat while being fucked up on drugs and like openly into the occult which me personally go crazy man do your thing but I don't see a Ken or a Karen losing their shit over that or mentioning that they think this is all something straight out of 2021 they think the world is going crazy I hate to say this if it's you know sort of against your religion but satanic imagery and the occult have been in popular media for a very long time I don't know if that comforts you probably not but this isn't something new and it's not something changing you just have more access to it because of the internet But yeah, that's my take. I think it's totally fine if you don't like it. You just can't blame it on certain aspects of your beliefs. If you're a very proud Christian person and you're like, you know what? I just don't believe in tangling with the devil. I don't mess with all that Satan stuff. That's not the way I was raised. That's totally fine. But at least understand and have empathy for the fact that this man has basically been told his entire life that he's going to hell. And in most religious circles, that's a really horrendous thing to say to somebody. And not because he's a bad person, not for anything that he chooses. It's just for loving who he loves and being who he is. So he took that, rolled with it, and turned it into his own interpretation and his own art and owning who he is as a human being. I think most of us can get behind that. I just wanted to share my thoughts on it. Uh, It's a bop. I love the song. I can't wait for the album. It definitely gives me anthem vibes for the LGBTQIA Zoomer youth. This definitely feels very similar, but also the antithesis of Born This Way from Gaga, which was very sort of God makes no mistakes, obviously. And this is like, no, no, I'm going to lap dance the devil, but very accepting in two very different ways. I don't know. I've ranted on this long enough. I don't think I've ever done a questioning humanity portion this long. I usually just sort of sprinkle it in throughout the episode. But let's get into the reviews. Let's see what everyone's saying about these flops and I'm going to start with the film that I loved so much. I thought it was so unique. And apparently, and I'm starting with this because of this, it only got an audience score of 36% on Rotten Tomatoes. And I want to see what you idiots are saying about this film. Also, I say this playfully. I don't actually think you're idiots for having your own taste in television. But let me just start off by saying this film stars Rosamund Pike or Rosamund Pike. I don't know how to say her name perfectly. She plays a psychopath like no other. She's from Gone Girl and I need to rewatch that I have to figure out what that's on she's such a genius I mean incredible but let me read you the description of the film I care a lot a crooked legal guardian who drains the savings of her elderly wards meets her match when a woman she tries to swindle turns out to be more than she appears how unique of a concept is that when I first read it I was like it's Rosamund Pike I have to watch it and Peter Dinklage is in it and I was like the concept is very unique what could you possibly do with that that's such a broad thing to get into the film is genius it keeps you on the edge of your seat I was watching it literally saying holy shit I love this this is so different out loud and like I said Peter Dinklage is in it which is reason enough to watch it and love it that right there that's all the reason you need obviously I love it and I want to find some of your bad reviews let me take a look oh my god 1.8 stars are you kidding me you you're all uncultured swine are you serious am I reading this right and I'm reading regular schmegula folk reviews not Rolling Stone or anything every one star review is a fucking dissertation why guys there is not one medium-sized review it's all recaps of the film and like long recaps we don't need all of that oh also these reviews might give spoilers so skip ahead if you don't want spoilers yeah let's see oh lord oh my god we have found gold all right are you ready for this (laughs) I I have to say this with a straight face okay ahem Elites made this movie. They are scared. Not only do you have to be a raving lunatic psychopath hellbent on making infinite money to be more ambitious than the standard quo, $15 an hour, comma, but you also have to employ CIA level tactics and skills and survive an execution from professional hitmen. Then you might have what it takes to be a quote, rich person, unquote, or in other words, comma, 
not a poor person, period. But we shouldn't be fooled because even if we come by a miracle and manage to pull it off, the swift righteousness of our poor damn souls will soon find us cut down with the same strength as a righteous son avenging the one who broke the sacred pillar of civilization, comma, the bond between mother and son, period. Also, when I'm saying comma and period, that is not this wild and wacky man. This is me just adding emphasis. In other words, we have so little of a shot to succeed in an alternative to what is the current state, as does a modern day femme Hitler. Hitler? Are you serious? Does to enjoying her thousand year Reich. Are you fucking serious? Are you comparing the main character to Hitler? The old men behind this film reveal their weakness through pushing the bounds of subtle messaging right up to the point where it breaks, converging instead to blatant shouts. Quote, you could not have our wealth, unquote quote, cries the last breath in vain, last attempt to convince the masses what is before their eyes is not truthfully and rightfully theirs. The emperors have nothing left. Oh my God. Okay. Who? Okay. Somebody, somebody sat at their computer and typed this out viciously. He compared her to Hitler. Are you serious? And and it's from a man named BL. He put dash B dot L. <laughs> BL, are you a troll, sir or ma'am? Is this, are you serious? I don't, I really don't know how to respond to this. He basically thinks this is not so subliminal messages of old white elites flexing their wealth. Not in 2020. They did that when they fucking quarantined on a yacht that costs more than all the homes in a small town combined. Are you serious? They don't need a fucking movie for this. I don't think this mid-sized film on Netflix is that deep BL, but let's find another one. All right, here we go. Okay, this movie is so funny bad that it made me write a public review on Google, dot, dot, dot. So horrendously written that I wanted to scream at someone that why did I watch this movie? Not that someone forced me to, but then again, I saw Peter in the poster and I'd to see it. I'd to see it. I'd like to see it. Okay. Um, I don't know. <laughs> what? I mean, I guess lady horrendously written. What, what is a well-written movie for you? What, what? I don't understand. But I'm sorry it upset you so much that you had to write a public review on Google, my friend. All right, here's another one. It says, star, 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 spoiler alert. The so-called protagonist can do anything in the film. You name it. From taking old age people into her own chain of care centers, fighting her own lawsuits, taking on a Russian mob, stealing from bank lockers, and not being scared of death. Yeah, you read it right. Right as in W-R-I-T-E, mind you. Not being scared of death. She doesn't give a damn about it. Kill her and she would care less. And then there's the mobster, Peter Dinky. Peter Dinky, oh my God, Dinky. <laughs> How dare you? How dare, the disrespect. Absolutely not. It's Peter Dinklage. Say it right, bitch. Trust you me, this guy has done everything, dot, dot, dot. From phony government records, kidnapping, murder, smuggling, etc., etc. The only thing he hasn't done is checking his security. Oh, they're funny, huh? He's a monster, but he only carries around a single guy with him who's so capable that he watches his boss being injected. Then mind you me, he loves that, mind you me, put on a syringe cap back on the injection, dot, dot, dot. Not kidding, syringe cap back on the injection and then being tasered by that same woman, dot, dot, dot. So the whole movie revolves around adult care abuse. And just to make sure the viewers who start hating the protagonist because of her never die attitude are happy, dot, dot, dot. What do they do, dot, dot, dot? They make sure the protagonist gets shot, dot, dot, dot. Not by the mobsters, oh no, 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 dot, dot, dot. But by another person who lost his mother in one of the care centers. I Care A Lot was made by the writers who didn't care a lot about the movie. Oh, you're clever, huh? What a play on words. Okay, I'm getting the vibe here. I think what, first of all, <laughs> homie got way too deep into it. People don't realize that this is a film that is supposed to make you feel uncomfortable. That is the point. It's a psychological thriller slash comedy, according to the writer, I believe. It's a dark comedy. I found it funny. And with film, <laughs> I'm sorry, guys, but you have to learn to suspend belief when it comes to a movie like this. With most movies, there isn't a good guy. I don't think people can grasp that idea. There is no good guy in this film. Like, yes, there may be a protagonist that doesn't necessarily make her the hero. And I don't understand. Like, I didn't find it hard to follow. I didn't find it unbelievable. Everyone is shit. 
like that's just what it's supposed to be everyone's just corrupt and awful okay so I care a lot 90% liked it and 10% said not for me so a pretty big number of people have enjoyed this film which I found very surprising I didn't even think a lot of people watched it it didn't seem to get a lot of traction now I want to look at a shitty title so we're gonna look at young and hungry that's that Emily Osment show. And this poll result surprised me even more. I was like, oh, okay. Let me read you the description. Feisty young food blogger Gabby is desperate for a job. When she finds out wealthy tech entrepreneur Josh needs a personal chef, she wants the position. But Gabby must prove herself to Josh's aide. I'm getting fucking bored just reading this. Elliot, who would rather have his boss hire a famous chef. Gabby gets help from her best friend Sophia and Josh's housekeeper Yolanda in order to turn the opportunity into employment. And maybe love. Fucking gag me with a spoon. Actress Ashley Tisdale from High School Musical is an executive producer of the comedy series. Well, God, great. Then it's in fucking fantastic hands. Fucking film legend. Um, I feel very strongly that this is some of the worst shit I've ever seen on television. And I stand by that. I remember taking a look at reviews a while ago when I did an old episode and being blown away by the positive reviews. All right, let's take a look. How many, I forgot how many stars it has. Let's, holy shit, are you serious? Four point stars? Holy shit, are you serious? No, is this young, is this, is there like another? Let me see. Nope, this is Young and Hungry starring Emily Osment. 4.5 fucking stars. Oh my God. God. Okay, here's here's the top review. I'm dying. Kind of have an awkward review. I am dying over the extreme extraordinary talent on this show. Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. Everyone on the screen makes me laugh out loud. Not sure I've ever laughed out loud, truly, while watching a sitcom. Seems like an amazing crew. And also, it is great that these stereotypes are now extremely yesterday heart. A show would never be cast this way. Fingers crossed, again. Progress over the last six years, especially 2020 hope to see each of these actors more and more exclamation point exclamation point i did she say extraordinary talent laugh out loud um (laughs) she laughed out loud uh great great that these stereotypes are now so extremely yesterday heart okay i (laughs) i don't understand i don't even what did she say extraordinary talent and laugh out loud great that these stereotypes are so extremely yesterday heart a show that would never be cast this way again I'm confused I is it well casted or not is the show filled with extraordinary talent or does it have awfully acted out and awfully written dialogue that uses the grossest stereotypes that make everyone cringe I just I'm not quite understanding that, but I'm really glad she enjoyed it. Ah, wow. Powerful words in this next one. All caps. Amazing. Period. All caps. Best show ever. I've been rewatching, rewatching, rewatching this show for years. It's amazing. It never gets boring. Amazing plot. Amazing humor. Amazing actors. Amazing uppercase everything lowercase season four kept my heart beating everything about this show is perfect and i'm so sad it ended i will never stop loving this show season four kept my heart beating i best show perfect these words can't come together with this show for me i i would i i i don't get it i wouldn't consider this the most perfect show i consider the most perfect show big mouth which we will get into next but i was even more shocked when i took a poll and i saw that the majority of people loved young and hungry so it's it's probably just me 56% said they loved it 44% said it's trash i am in that very small percentage that thinks it is the swill of television but you know that's neither here nor there let's check out big mouth big mouth has an amazing plot and amazing humor amazing actors and keeps my heart beating maybe she didn't realize what she was writing a review for i wonder what people are even going to say about big mouth can you fucking imagine if these people like come on holy shit we we have to look and if you're unfamiliar with big mouth To put it quite simply, it's the funniest shit on the planet. Let me read you the description before I get into these reviews. 
Even for a cartoon character, going through puberty isn't easy for a young person. Andrew is learning that firsthand he experiences the nightmare that is growing up in this animated series geared towards adults. Emphasis on geared towards adults. Along for the ride are friends Nick and Jesse who develop a budding romance along the way. The comedy veterans who lend their role to Big Mouth include John Mulaney, Nick Kroll, Maya Rudolph, and the iconic Jordan Peele. Big Mouth got 72% iconic and 28% awful in the poll, which was pretty much about where I gauged it to be at. Here's one of the reviews. Oh my goodness. We're going for the bad reviews because I love it so much. Let's just balance this out. This show has no rules to how absurd it can be. This makes the show rather confusing. Okay. All of the shows are boring, gross jokes that could be written by a child. Fuck you. I fucking challenge a child to come up with vagina jokes like this. The characters look completely horrendous and make me throw up a tiny bit in my mouth whenever I see them. How fucking dare you? Coach Steve is so handsome. I could talk about how awful this show is all day, but I'd rather forget it exists. Strong words. Who wrote this fucking blasphemy? What's his name? Nolan? Fuck you, Nolan. You probably give Young and Hungry five stars. You probably love the end of Game of Thrones. Fuck you, Nolan. Moving on, Nolan. Oh my god. Is this real? This cannot be real. I hope this isn't a child. All right, let me read this. My mom is canceling Netflix because of this show. It supports pedophilia. Now I can't watch the shows I want to because of this. So if Netflix doesn't take this down, how am I supposed to watch things? Netflix is my life. So well done. Netflix is my life. So well done. Oh my, I can't. I mean, I'll say this. It can be quite uncomfortable at first watch. It is very graphic in a cartoon way, but bro, like, I don't know how to counter this shit. Who, I, okay, all right. Lots of people clearly feel this way. I'm seeing a lot of the pedophilia comments. I guess I can't really judge because I can understand at surface level why they would feel that way, but it's like, it's a cartoon show making fun of these kids. Like it's not, but again, I I don't, I don't know. I just, I think it's way off and I find that it's kind of a funny route to take with it, but you know, whatever. The show is just perfection to me and I just, it's absolutely fucking insane and vulgar and real. It was almost too real for me. The whole process of going through puberty in the moment is so not funny and every Everything is so dramatic and hyper emotional in that time. And to look back on it, like through these cartoon characters is so funny. I don't know. And Jordan Peele is Freddie Mercury. Let me just say that, you know, that's just that's reason enough. It's pretty redundant. Most of them are just uncomfortable with it being cartoon children. It's a valid argument. You know what we're going to look at next, though? Oof, oof. I'm ready. Let's look at the fucking shit on toast. That is Riverdale. And let me start by saying I've never finished an episode. I've never watched more than maybe five minutes. Justin fucking loves Riverdale because he's a 13 year old girl when it comes to television but he also refuses to admit he likes Twilight which we will get into even though it's not on Netflix I had to see what the reviews said but I digress I've only ever watched bits and pieces with him and then I roll my eyes talk some shit and then slowly pick my eyes out of my skull I have never and will never give it any more of my effort Ooh, that would actually be a cool episode just being an asshole for an entire episode like for 30 minutes straight about how I'm never gonna fucking watch it I will take note of that Riverdale will definitely be on that list Let me read you the description for this atrocity that is Riverdale. Archie Andrews starts the year with the world weighing on his shoulders. He's decided he wants to pursue a future in the music business. Sounds about right, Archie. But his recently ended clandestine relationship with the music teacher has left him without a mentor. And his friendship with Jughead Jones is in a bad place. Things look like they might be turning around when Veronica Lodge, a new girl, arrives. Despite the instant chemistry veronica is hesitant to risk a friendship with betty who has a crush on archie seath shit's getting messy it's getting wild to pursue anything amidst all the small town banality banal banality i don't know that word lurks a mystery the recent tragic death of jason blossom the twin brother of the beautiful and popular troublemaker cheryl Ugh, my acid reflux kicked in again can i be honest like i zoned out every other word into this description like what a fucking bore anyways let's see some words of the people. I'm going to start with um, negative reviews because I feel like 
I need to be one with my people first. Here we go. Where do I start? Jesus, this show is so bad. I want to gouge my eyeballs out with a spoon every time I see it. I just said that. Well, I said pick them out, but you know, same thing. I genuinely feel bad for the actors in this because the lines are so awful. You never know what's going on. And whenever things get boring at all, they bring in some characters, random relative that they never mentioned ever. Watch any interview with the cast themselves and they'll tell the interviewers and watchers they don't know what's going on either. I fucking love that. That's iconic. I'll have to watch the interviews. The list goes on about how crappy the plot and how outrageous the people are in the show just to list a few they use their own ship names in the show what like really like shipping like i ship it betty does a stripper scene where she's supposed to be 16 oh but but you know big mouth is fucking pedophilia veronica runs an illegal business at 16 oh wow this gets serious i didn't know it was this dark archie goes to jail with like half of the town and because of veronica's dad charles is on literal crack the whole time and she thinks she owns the color red what the fuck is this i guess like out of context like not knowing anything about this show maybe it makes sense if you've watched more than five minutes and now it's not even just a regular show they do musicals (laughs) season for no reason oh my god that's actually really funny because every time like justin will be watching it i'll like walk by and it'll be a musical number. And I'll be like, bro, you watch the fucking dumbest shit. And he's like, it's just a random shade. And I'm like, no, the fuck it's not. Like every time I see it, there's always something going on that's sing-songy, whatever. Anyway, let's get back to the review. Like they can't even act well. Who said they could sing well too? The characters have no reasonable direction or motives. They just do whatever they want. Like you're in high school. So why aren't they going to high school? I'll give Riverdale this. That's basically in every high school, any type of anything in media. But I digress. The first season, I'll admit, is decent because it's a little dramatic for entertainment, obviously. It's still realistic in parts and tolerable. I can believe the storyline in the beginning because it makes sense. As the seasons go on, though, the show's plot takes too many turns for us to endure. But it never comes back full circle. The dialogue sucks so bad, like I'm assuming the writers have never heard a teenager talk in their life or seen another teen drama show. Take the Vampire Diaries, for example. No, now. I can actually relate to the characters during their teen years because they talk like them and act like them. They have character development and explain why they are that way. In Riverdale, Polly gets pregnant by her freaking cousin. What? Polly, you naughty girl. And then names them Juniper and Dagwood? What the actual heck? She says that, not me. I don't say heck. I, I cut quite profusely what is wrong with these writers that thought those names are acceptable (laughs) betty's dad turns out to be a murderer her mom joins a cult okay i'm i'm quite over this um it goes on for quite a bit um yeah but over 2,000 people thought this was helpful fucking preach what's her name victoria one thing i will say and this is me like i said not being educated in the riverdale show at all but they mention here that they're claiming this betty girl has did and that they did a shit job at portraying it properly that's unfortunate don't do that shit don't put it into your show if you're not going to do proper justice to mental health that's that's you know makes it even worse okay now let's balance it out with a five-star piece of literary magic It is my fave show. I definitely recommend to PG-13 plus exclamation point due to some gore topics like gangs and death, comma. You might have heard, quote, ew, don't watch Riverdale. It's so cringe, unquote. Fucking at me, Ari, with three eyes, etc. But you need to honestly watch and find out. I used to think Riverdale was cringe and a waste of time until one day I was bored, so I started to watch it. And haha, I got hooked on the first episode in under five minutes. Well, good for fucking you, Ari, with three eyes. The show has changed my life, as cheesy and biased as that sounds. It is the truth. The cast, the storyline, the characters, I love it all. The edits, ships of the care, we go with the fucking ships again, and the characters, the whole fandom to be exact is honorable, that's a, that's a choice word, and fun to be included in. Bughead Varchi Bar, wait, are these like the ship names? Oh my fucking God. All the crazy ship names turn out to be never ending romances. My fave couple, Bughead, that's Betty and Jughead, he he watched the show to find out his real name. Asterisk, Death Soulmates, Asterisk. Oh my God. Varchi is Veronica and Archie. Okay, she's just explaining. I really don't fucking care about these people's fictional love life. I really don't care. Thank you, Ari with three eyes for the clarification though. 
And lastly, watching Riverdale makes me feel happy, grateful, and lucky. That's why you should give Riverdale a try. And who knows, it might change your perspective on life and the world around us as we know it. Just how it changed mine, wink face. P.S. Season 5 premieres on CW and Netflix on the 21st of January this year. Hashtag counting down the days. This girl is probably young. I'm not going to roast her any further. Um, I'm glad it changed your life and made you feel good. And like, who the fuck am I? You know, I'll tell you, Ari with three eyes. I'm a cynical 27 year old woman with a fucking backache, a coffee addiction, and who spends hours cackling at Twilight TikToks. That's who I am. So who am I? to judge you Ari with three eyes and Twilight is not on Netflix but I need to see I need to defend my Twihards my people my hashtag team Jacob hashtag stay warm I'm not going to give you a description of Twilight if you don't know it then you don't fucking deserve to know it you sit there and suffer with no description let's take a look at this Wait, before I get into the Twilight, Riverdale, I'm so upset. I'm so upset at this. I thought I'd be like a 90% barf. I thought it would be a 90% dislike. Oh, how wrong I was. It was a fucking hardcore 50-50 obsessed and barf. I was blown away by that. That's what I will say. Now let's take a look at some Twilight reviews. 4.6 stars, baby. Only a little over a thousand reviews. What the fuck are we doing, guys? Let's bump this up. Twihards assemble. All right, let's find a hate and ass hater. Here we go. Oh, that was that was easy. Oh my God. Okay, here we go. Ah ha 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 exclamation point. Where do I start? Twilight is one of the worst movies I've ever seen exclamation point. First of all, Bella has the personality of a stale corn chip. Second of all, what is up with that movie filter? Everyone looks like the walking dead with colorless skin and bloodshot eyes looking like they did drugs. How fucking dare you? What? The filter was everything. People rioted when that changed. But also the personality of a corn chip uh, is not wrong. But anyway. Edward is a creep. He stalked Bella for months on end, and then she woke up in the middle of the night to see Edward standing in the corner of her room, staring at her. She thought it was romantic. Edward is tripping one second. He's like, leave me alone, Bella. And the next he's like, we should be friends, like make up your mind. And after stalking Bella and they start dating and kissing, you remember that Edward here is supposed to be like 140 years old. I mean, you're not wrong. Go off. okay? the only POCs in the movie were either carefree teenage jerks or cab drivers. And the whole vibe of this movie is just no. I mean, you're also correct there. That's a big complaint of mine, to be honest. Then they say, how is this romantic? Don't ask me. No one fucking did ask you. All right. What's your name? What is this person's name? Madison with the fucking Starbucks logo is your Google pick. No one fucking asked you Madison with the Starbucks logo. Edward told Bella, quote, I want to kill you so bad. And she legit gushed. She was like, no, you don't. I love you. Girl, you're 17 and telling a 140 year old vampire creep that wants to kill you that you love him. He's practically a pedophile. Uh, no. The acting is horrible. Like, let's be honest. This is a comedy, not a teenage romance. I want to give Bella therapy, the poor thing. She replaced her own emotions with this face. And it's like a no mouth emoji and then a straight face emoji. With her mouth slightly open. And she always looks so sad. Like, honey, no more supernatural boyfriends. I'll cur. Oh my God. (laughs) Highly recommend for when you're sad because you will laugh at how bad this is. Well, Madison, with two Ds and a Starbucks logo for your Google picture, I would like to say that you have horrendous taste in cinema. And I will leave it at that. You brought up valid points, but your taste is still awful. Thank you, next. All right, let's see if there's another hate and ass hater. (laughs) Look at that, there is. This is actually the worst movie ever made. Every actor besides Taylor Lautner in this movie feels wooden. Like they're just some cardboard cutout. I mean, that's the point, bruh, but okay. The story is so bad, it makes the dinosaur (laughs) look like a good movie. What kind of fucking comparison is that? The entire story is literally about some girl that was being stalked by some dude and then coincidentally, that's the same dude who she falls in love with. Yeah, it's indirect Stockholm syndrome, if that's even a real thing. That's even a real thing. Oh my God. Oh my God. Okay, let me keep going. You're better off just watching the one vampire episode from Phineas and from Phineas and Ferb, bro, what? The editing is also hysterically bad. When Edward was running through the forest carrying Bella, I burst out laughing on how terrible it was. I mean, true, okay, yeah, that was, that was, that was horrible editing, but that's like a part of the magic. 
The only reason why this movie became popular amongst teenage girls is because they all have a crush on this Edward. A false. We don't all have a crush on Edward. It was Team Jacob fucker. What's that excuse then if we didn't have a crush on Edward and we had a crush on Jacob? It's gold. We don't care about your opinion. And for Twilight, well, look at that. 100% said yes, because the only options were yes. And the other option was it's only yes. And if you were curious, 32% of people said yes. And 68% said it's only yes. You can be the judge on that. I'm tired of these haters. I want to see a five-star review. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Twilight is the best Hollywood movie I have ever seen. Kiss face emoji, kiss face emoji. It's a must watch for those who love witches, wizards, vampires, and werewolves. Heart faced emoji, heart faced emoji. If you even watch one sequel, you can't resist to watch the others fucking right thank you someone with some sense actors robert pattinson and Kristen stewart have come up with the best effort possible well yeah sure the movie is beyond what one could think i just addict twilight saga edict i just edict twilight saga is that the correct way to say it and i wholeheartedly wish the directors and writers would come up with more of its sequels as it's fabulous to wonder about the new movies star eyes emoji star eyes emoji it's too exciting for words so to tell ms stephanie meyer that what she has written is out of the box and i wish she'll continue writing such awfully exciting books in the future i just love the books star eyed emoji thrice i mean let's not get wild and wacky here but the sentiment is wonderful the energy divine yes ma'am but you know what i will go back to the netflix shit we had enough of twilight i won't keep cheating with non-netflix stuff but you know this inspired me to talk about bridgerton another polarizing neck and neck race on the poll it was 46 percent of people said it's a vibe 54% of people said not the vibe. And I was quite shocked. I thought I was the only person on the face of the earth who does not like Bridgerton. I think it's absolute fucking trash. I know I talked about it at length in a previous episode, but let me give a quick little description just in case you don't know. During the Regency era in England, eight close-knit siblings of the powerful Bridgerton family attempt to find love. Simple, easy, to the point, blah, blah, blah. It's a dumpster fire, but let's see why this show is doing so amazing because I genuinely don't understand here's one this is a post binge bridgerton review oh god oh my god i'm already okay riveting with poetic grandeur the novel inspired series explores london high society through its opulence and in just eight episodes it pulls you in and explores honor hardship and dignity romance unrequited love false love scandal parent problems marriage love. no um they're listing all these fucking dumb themes that it supposedly it's all love it's literally just a corny romance show with some dope cinematography and soundtrack that's about it you can put lipstick on a pig it's still still a little piggy then they said the themes that stuck out for me were challenging the female condition oh my god she did not say challenging the female condition raw candidness and realities unmasked the facade of perfection sure cause and effect that's literally every fucking everything cause and effect that's like the cheapest like cop-out theme but okay trauma judging yet not wanting to be judged again that can arguably be a theme for everything helping yet not having been helped change smiling dressing up and showing up through internal storms love i'm trying not to interject as much but i feel like this is when you have 15 minutes before class in ninth grade to write an essay on what the theme of a book is that you've never read and these are all things that are universal themes in most of literature and film and storytelling but you know she's i guess she's not wrong though the music by vitamin string quartet is an unparalleled backdrop yes that is absolutely true the language is nothing short of inspiring and the acting subplots are each gripping in their own ways gripping Gripping, gripping, gripping. That is a word. That is a choice. Okay. Then she gives some of her favorite quotes. There are darker turns in the woods than we are taught to expect. One can never truly know a marriage behind closed doors. It takes courage to not live within the traditional expectations of society. Yes, these are very nice quotes. I will say it's very beautifully written. I do think while I don't enjoy the context of the dialogue it's very well written if that makes sense i think it's very flowery language and i i love flowery language believe it or not but this is an incredibly romanticized review i mean there's that's really all i can say about it it's just 
Yeah. I interjected so much throughout it that I kind of gave my points as I read it. I'm going to read the next one. This is a fantastic period drama with a twist. Clever music too. And gets you guessing the artist. That's true. You will definitely want to watch it one after the other. Hope there is a series too. There will be. I can't say that. I was excited to watch it. I watched it just to sort of review it. I thought it would be interesting, but I definitely wasn't captivated. Fantastic cast too with hidden actors who you will have seen before in other dramas. Look out for the seamstress who was in Two Pints of Lager and another lady from Mr. Selfridge. Smugly funny and heartwarming moments too, I must say. I did not feel any hint of racism in this drama at all, as some critics have written. It is just pure joy to watch with funny and tastefully sexual moments. Did she say tastefully sexual? Okay, let me let me just unpack that in a moment. That certainly takes your mind off the world outside we are experiencing at that moment. Just exactly what we need. Do not miss this one. She really, okay. <sighs> tastefully sexual moments. I'm trying not to sound like a total see you next Tuesday. I know people are weird with that hard C word. Can someone tell me why? Like it's a beautiful word. Please tell me why you don't like that word. It really just paints a picture. So the racism comments were quite interesting. I did see a lot of people complain that this wasn't accurately portraying the time period. They thought it was a bit outrageous, which I talked about in my previous episode. But again, I can see both sides of that argument. To some degree, you have to suspend belief. And I appreciate that they are giving roles to actors of color. And I hope that they're incorporating that same mentality with their crew. But and however, I can understand why some people may say you're not accurately representing that time period. And the tastefully sexual, I'm pretty sure she didn't even know what sex was. And he just like got all up on her. And I think that's a conversation of consent, uh, which some people I guess would say is tastefully sexual. But we're going to move on to the next title because I don't want to be here all day long reading Bridgerton reviews because that sounds like an absolute fucking nightmare. We are going to look at iCarly totally switching gears. And iCarly got an 81% loved and a 19% nope. A close second to I Care A Lot. But I will say I did ask people to only vote if they've seen it, obviously. iCarly had the most voters and in turn had the highest rating. And I'm pretty sure this was just recently added to Netflix. I always thought this show was odd. I enjoyed it. But how can I explain this? I don't know if anyone will understand. I was certainly a Disney kid. I thought thought Disney humor was much more hmm, mature than Nickelodeon humor. I thought I was like the older cool kid, whereas like the annoying little cousin or sister or what have you would be watching Nickelodeon. It was like poop humor. Can you imagine that? I thought Disney humor was mature. So just in case you don't know what iCarly is about, let me read you this. Carly Shay. Oh my God, I forgot her last name was Shay. Anyway, Carly Shay finds her previously normal life turned upside down when her internet show iCarly becomes an instant smash with young webheads. Webheads? With her parents traveling abroad, Carly must rely on help of friends Sam and Freddie and her quirky older brother brother Spencer to cope with the newfound success. All right, let's look at some negative reviews. Let's see. Oh my God. Oh, this. Oh my God. This is so funny. Oh my God. What a troll. Okay. If you were expecting an iCarly hate review, you guessed wrong. I am here because you one star people have no taste in OG Nickelodeon shows. Go back to watching Teen Titans Go. Wow. Anyway, if you stayed to read this, then good. When the show came out, I couldn't remember a single thing about the show since I was a toddler. I am not 100% sure why my parents allowed me, but whatever. But when I revisited this show this month, I remembered watching it before. I had a wave load of nostalgia hit me watching it. I laughed and cherished each episode I enjoyed. That's so sweet. Okay. And when I heard of the news from some of the iCarly cast during the 2021 KC Awards, I was happy to hear that the show is either coming back or it's going to be a reboot. Either way, I'm glad to say this show was 100% one of the top tier shows of Nickelodeon. I would say that's true. Guys, this is a fandom. This is what a fandom looks like. The one star reviews are literally stands being like, psych, you thought. Let me try and find a real one. Guys, I have to go through a lot to find like a real one star review. Oh, okay. Here's a real one. I give this show one star because the characters of this show are neither interesting nor fun look. Like fun to look at? That's 
rude. They're all very beautiful kids. All that Freddie wants is Carly, but Carly is not interested at first. She only becomes interested in him because he saved her life. And when Freddie starts liking Sam, Carly gets angry. Are you kidding me? Oh my gosh. It's good it got canceled or else we are going to be stuck on such an irritating TV show. Um... I agree. That's a that's a deep issue there. Poor Freddie. Here's another one. Terrible. Can't even express it. It makes me want to throw up 300 times and do it again. Expressive to the point. I get I get it. Oh, here's more. Okay, here we go. I'm just going to rapid fire these. I hated it. It took me five years to be able to watch it. And finally, my mom let me watch it and you had to pay $20 to watch it. Wait, you had to pay to watch it? I'd be pissed too. It's not like this is Drake and Josh. Let's not get crazy here. Here's another one. I hate this show. Miranda Lambert grinds my gears. I tell you, she do be looking like a basketball. Wait, what? Miranda Lambert, the country singer? You mean Miranda Cosgrove? I'm fucking rolling. But she do be looking like a basketball. Is this like some young lingo I don't understand? A basketball? I truly have not seen more entertaining reviews than the iCarly reviews. Some person wrote nice. It's also very entertaining. Thank you, Abel. A man of few but powerful words. Here's another. They talk weird and the screen isn't the right size. Sophia, a fucking detective, a legend. That's right, not the right size. Meh, it wasn't very good, but not bad at the same time. True politician answering this. She, as in Carly, is screaming when she is talking all the time. Where's the lie though? Good and accurate review there. It is not better than Sam and Cat. Guys, this was six months ago. This isn't like 10 years back. This review is a 2020 review. I just want to throw that out there. And I found a really beautiful review that I would like to end this episode with. iCarly is my favorite show on my computer. That, folks, is almost a haiku. Almost. Beautiful. I hope you enjoyed another all over the place episode of Netflix Coffee and Questioning Humanity. I hope you don't hate me because I was literally throwing up in my mouth, not only in the beginning, but all through this episode. You guys seem to like this sort of laid back vibe, so we'll uh, keep that going. And I do want to take a moment to share resources as I do in every episode. The website that I mentioned in my previous episode, which is Stop AAPI Hate. Org. It allows you to report an incident in multiple languages. It shows you relevant reports, relevant press releases, how you can act now. It also links you to even more resources for safety tips for those experiencing or witnessing hate crimes. And again, it is multilingual. There is also a survey of federal and state laws that help you understand your right to be treated fairly and without discrimination in restaurants, stores, and other businesses. Local resources, especially in the Atlanta area, compiled by the Asian American Leaders table and so much more so please visit that website stop aapi hate you can also donate there they also have a store for merch we will chat soon i'm probably going to throw up some more polls for next week's episode i'll put it on the ncqh podcast instagram which is ncqh podcast on instagram and i'll also put it on my personal instagram which if you care i mean i don't normally share that but it's leah l-e-a-a underscore m-a-r-z leah mars I also have a YouTube channel if you care about more content from me. It's called Coffee Beans and Horror Fiends, or you can just go to youtube.com forward slash L-E-A-L-O-C-K-S, as in Leah Locks. That is where I post content on all things horror while still drinking coffee because I have an addiction, folks. And if you want even more content, I do have a TikTok as well, L-E-A-M-A-R-Z-Z, as in Leah Mars with two Zs. And that's going to do it for me, folks. I hope you had a fantastic Easter Sunday. If you celebrate, if you do not, I just just hope you had a fantastic, beautiful weekend. Stay caffeinated. Don't drink the fucking Twinkie K-Cup coffee. Stay streaming. Stay strong. Stay strong.